0: Welcome back to Tap That Easy Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Walters. First of all, shout out to Goodfellas Merch out of Glendale, my sponsors. Great quality merchandise, amazing customer service, and the best prices I've found. I don't think you can beat that combination. So they actually sat down with me to really see how they could best execute on the vision I had with my merchandise. So if your business is looking for someone to knock it out of the park on merchandise, Look no further than Goodfellas. Tell them you heard about them from Tap that AZ or use the code TAPTHAT for free screens on a first design printed with Goodfellas till the end of November. Secondly, the winner of the $25 Ground Control gift card is Instagram account Lucille Maxine. I'll reach out to you soon to get you that gift card. Nice job, Lucille Maxine. At Lucille Maxine. And now on to the show. In this episode... I sat down with Alex Phillips from Grand Canyon Brewing and Nathan Reese from Trout Unlimited. Along with the Arizona Wildlife Foundation and the Arizona Society of Homebrewers contest winner Jeff Skaggs, they created a beer called Conservation Kolsch to bring attention to the damage that uranium mining is causing to the Grand Canyon and the surrounding national forest. This is another reason why I love Arizona beer, seeing the bigger picture about what is going on in the environment of this great state and doing all that it can to be part of the solution. So let's tap into Conservation Kolsch. So gentlemen, you want to introduce yourselves and uh, we'll start with you.
1: Sure. Yeah. My name is Nathan Reese. I work for a conservation group called Trout Unlimited. And I'm leading the campaign uh, Protect Your Canyon. Really, this campaign is surrounded around uh, keeping the current uranium mining ban in place up around the Grand Canyon. And uh, we've created some great partnerships through this.
0: Yeah. And that segues gracefully into this gentleman. Yeah. Uh, Alexander <laughs>
2: Phillips, ABP4, uh, Grand Canyon Brewing Company. We um, we made the beer.
0: <laughs> the beer. The, the beer. App- uh,
2: <laughs> no, uh, yeah, we uh, partnered up with these guys to uh, for for a great cause and a, uh, the awareness of of something that's you know important to us, which is water, the building block of life, much less beer. Um, and uh, Nathan will get into more specifics, but more or less, Arizona and specifically the Grand Canyon has a very delicate, complex, and largely unknown water system and uh it's probably not wise to mine anything in my opinion but primarily uranium in that area so um it just made sense when they came to us with the project and um you know brewing a great clean easy drinking beer uh to kind of get that message out there felt right
0: yeah nice and so how did you connect with how did did that initiate yeah well
1: we've been working on this campaign for a while now, and realizing that we need to differentiate our partnerships and collaborate with some different groups. So, when we're working with our own within our own industry, our own members, it's essentially kind of preaching to the choir about these issues. And so, we need we saw a need to expand that that reach. And so, by reaching out to the Grand Canyon Brewery, which we thought would be such a perfect fit, you know, they're up there in Williams. Um, it says it right there in the name that may <laughs> yep, yep. be the perfect avenue to get this message out to you know, maybe a different crowd that wouldn't normally hear our, you know, what we're trying to talk about. So, it was just a, it was a partnership that was grown out of necessity to educate people about uranium mining around the Grand Canyon, you yeah. know. Currently, there is a uranium mine uranium mining ban that was set in place back in 2012 by our Obama administration. And uh, our current administration is looking to peel back those protections and let mining come back in. And uh-huh. so, You know, there's many examples of why this is a bad idea up in this region. Alex touched on it, that it's just a really complex hydrogeolic system. Think of a big, complicated underground maze. If we're drilling in one area, you know, we don't know where the water table is, how it's connected, and it'll leach out six miles away into a spring. And we've seen that. We have uh, 15 documented springs and seeps on that Kaibab Plateau that have uranium levels that exceed the EPA standard. And, you know, it's from past mining operations, some current stuff that's been going on. So it's just uh, an area that we don't understand and need to further research so we kind of know the ramifications of our actions.
0: Yeah. So, People are just aimlessly just drilling in the ground. Yeah, like, you know, it's interesting. <laughs>
1: these mining companies, they... These mining companies, they talk, or they uh, they say they understand the region, but just... Two years ago, Canyon Mine up there on the Kaibab Plateau was drilling down and struck groundwater when they weren't supposed to. That shaft filled with water and uh, has continued to fill for the past two years, and they're pumping it out and misting it to the air and just to get rid of that wastewater because they can't understand how it got in there, where it's going. And I mean, that's a perfect example of this region and that even though the mining companies claim they know what's going on, they
2: don't.
0: Right. What's not a priority for them, probably, right? Right. Yeah. (laughs) That's right.
2: Yeah. There's no mechanism to hold them accountable either. I mean, they can claim to to know it, but they are not required to employ experts, much less it'd be hard to find anyone who legitimately knows enough about the the system itself to even claim to be an expert. Um, And so that, you know, it becomes problematic, you know. uh, So it's just best not mine right at all <laughs> you know and uh listen i'm not going to claim i know what uranium needed for in total but um i know that risking you know i'm not any sort of like scientist i guess it in in earth science i'm obviously with beards more fermentation but we've done the river down the <clears throat> down the grand canyon and you know we went in like the monsoon season and it rains and there's like hundreds hundreds, and thousands of these waterfalls that come down on the sides of the canyon and you see where they come down and they hit into other waterways or they come around the canyon and they and just, just mining stuff from the ground and, and, and dumping wastewater and seeing how complicated it's, it's, it's like having the Nile in our backyard right I mean the Grand Canyon is this huge source of water that runs right through the southwest part of our country, and uh, it just seems like we could mine anywhere else. Right. (laughs) Right. You know what I mean? So why
0: don't they? So what is is the reason for them mining there specifically as much as they do?
1: You know, um, northern Arizona does have some of the richest uranium deposits in the country, and the whole kind of push with this administration is to be energy independent you know but currently we receive over 90% of our uranium from friendly countries like Canada and Australia and uh, you know it's really just a push to this energy independence but the yeah. problem with these deposits that are up on the northern in, in northern Arizona even the mining companies have stated that if we mine this area intensively it's only about 7 years worth of work to be done yeah. and the ore that's going to come out of there only is going to supply like fifteen percent, the 15% of demand to the U.S. nuclear industry or but the so uranium the impact, industry. So
0: The impact of it is going to be much greater oh, than, it's, than… Oh, it's huge. Yeah. And
1: so if we get into the economics of it, um, if a mine were to develop up there like Canyon Mine, if they were going to be full-fledged mining operation, they can only employ about 60 people. Okay. And you think of the grand scheme of things in northern Arizona… They're driven by outdoor recreation, access to public lands, people that want to go raft and hike and hunt and fish, not by uranium. So (laughs) there is way more jobs to be had to keep this land pristine, to keep it open to the public, and for that economy up there in northern Arizona. So, you know, when companies come in and they say that this is for job growth, they're just blowing smoke, to be honest. And, you know, it's only... 60 jobs for seven years and they're not on the hook to clean it up afterwards wow. um, you know some states do have mining laws like that where they got a front the cleanup bill before but not up here so yeah. um, and we've seen this on the Navajo reservation they've done detrimental impacts to uh, the landscape and honestly the taxpayers are on the they're footing the bill for this I think yeah. the EPA's paid out 500 million dollars so far to clean up uranium on the Navajo reservation so it just shows that it's a toxic, nasty process that could really devastate this region up there in northern yeah. Arizona.
0: Well, it's such a unique—I mean, I, I mean—it's—it's it's one of the natural wonders of the world. It's like, wh- right. like wh- of all places, like you know what I mean? It's like when a, you know, bird shits on the car that you just drove, right? It's like, come on, dude. There's all this other part, you know. Uh, that was a bad analogy, but you know what I mean, right? <laughs> right now, yeah. So, so, yeah, it's yeah. one of the seven wonders of the world. Yeah, no, for sure. And,
2: and, and you were just talking about it, but um, the the companies not being on the hook for the cleanup is horrendous. You know, Scott um, from Arizona Wildlife Federation, our other partner in this grand scheme of things, was telling me about some of the Navajo County stuff and how families have been completely devastated. Several generations of families completely suffered and uh, unnecessarily at the hands of, uh, oh, that's our Trump text message. That's our presidential alert. You got a, a message from Trump? Yeah, that's it's uh, my Donald Trump message. It's uh, on time. Uh, <laughs> he can tweet us anytime now. Ah, uh, dang it! Uh, <laughs> well, uh, so uh, aside from the Trump <laughs> interruption, uh, that you know you're, you're talking several generations of families that have suffered, uh, died, uh, been displaced, have had hardships, un- unnecessary things just from these horrendous can- mining. Uh, camps that haven't been cleaned up at all. Meaning, like well,
0: the, like the, the, uh, like the, what's left behind. Yeah, like the groundwater's like, contaminated. The and, yeah, there's okay.
1: particles on the top soil everywhere. So to farm and produce agriculture is just non-existent uh, up there. Yeah. There's even some elementary schools on the Navajo reservation that have uranium in their water fountains that oh, exceed EPA man. standards. It's just nuts. Man. You know, I can't believe that it's come to this. And oh, uh, that's
0: you your Trump's, uh, messaging us again. But uh, uh yep. yep.
1: <clears throat> but, you it's know, kind of freaky. <laughs> it's actually a <real> little freaky, yeah. <laughs> and even of these, you know, there's all sorts of mining claims up there in this northern region. Yeah. And of all the claims up there, you know, there's a thousand of them or so. Ninety-two percent of them are owned by foreign companies. Ah. And so then you even get into this kind of argument of economics and jobs. And um, these Canadian companies come in, you know, mine, abandon it, with, and or their shell company goes bankrupt. And they're just totally off the hook so see ya peace out yep exactly um you know our organization we understand that mining has to happen you know we're not going to turn a blind eye to that but not in a place as sensitive as economically viable for outdoor recreation uh you know in one of the seven wonders of the world i mean yeah I did say earlier that these are, you know, some of the richest deposits of uranium. But there's still great other options in Wyoming or in Montana if we have to go this route. I mean, ideally, we're already getting uranium from friendly countries. Let's just keep it that way. I mean, they're giving... To produce it ourselves is going to cost more money. Um, You know, we have to get these operations up and running. Where overseas, it's already a great supply chain. And we've been buying from them for... I don't know, 25 years now. Yeah. So
0: yeah. So beer, right. Great. A great communication tool, right? That's yeah, <laughs> so, right. Yeah. Yeah. How did you guys connect? Like, how did you connect with, with, um, with,
1: I think Alex. I just sent Alex an email. Yeah. Right. And then, uh, he reached out to me and we just kind of connected from there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I generally think that the best collaborations just happen naturally. So, you, know, you get a lot of emails and inquiries and things like that and um, so you have to make a decision and, and uh, so what we do is we primarily uh, interact with like veterans kids education and then obviously nature the Grand Canyon being in our backyard right so um, when I uh, saw it come through we actually worked with another company called um, trout camp and I thought it was them okay and so <laughs> I was reading it and I realized it wasn't them, but I was like, oh this is still has to do with you know nature and stuff like that so i I'll, 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 I'll take a look at it and I, I looked at it and I was like that so like, that sounds like something I, I definitely want to I mean and you know me well enough Eric uh, uh, politics is something that I uh, take very head on um, yeah. but you know when, when you have a company it's 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 a little bit of a different game and stuff like that but this was this is something where my my ridiculous approach to politics and the brewery could kind of like come together and do something really great with some really great people. Uh, get a get a good message out there, you know. As you can see on the can, we put our logo on the back of the label. Okay, um, yeah. It's more about you know invoking that clean blue water message. Yeah, I um, like that. You know, the style kind of came together too. There's a there's a fourth collaborator in this mix, uh, and that is <coughs> Mr. Jeff Skaggs from uh, Arizona Society Homebrewers. Okay. He had won the fall classic competition with his Kolsch, and we had uh, offered to scale that beer up to do the Pro-Am at JBF, uh, which we didn't place at but it, it did very well uh, on the note. So good job, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, it was a Kolsch, and that's just such a great style to represent that. And uh, and we have such strong homebrew roots. It just made sense. It was able to you know get Jeff a beer in a can you know, at JBF, um, out in the market, you know, that that's what we all strive to do in the business, right? Yeah. You know, in, in the beer business, we all want to see our ideas brought to life, our, our, our liquid put in a can. And so we are able to do that, which is super cool. Um, and then, you know, we, he came to the brewery and brewed with us, and uh, he said he had a great time, so I'm going to take him in his word on it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, it just, you know, it, it just all kind of came together. Uh, a bunch of moving parts that if I tried to plan it again, I don't think it would work out. But we, you know, we had the thing with Jeff going, and then we started talking to them, and uh, it just made sense, and it uh, became an easy transition. Um, it actually then, beneficially to us, has now pushed us into the ability to make sixteen ounce cans because um, we usually buy printed labels from Ball slash Rexam. Yep. And this is the first time we've kind of stepped out of that with, like, separate labels or sleeves. And so this process has worked out really great for us. It's cost-efficient. We know that they work with our canner and stuff like that. So we've actually bought two new rinsers, a 16 and a 19.2, to kind of, like, scale some other beers just just from helping out the project. Something we didn't even realize it was going to be, you know, benefit, which is, uh, to my point, I guess, is that it's always the right thing to do to to help out and to get involved with uh, you know good causes because there can be all these ancillary benefits that you don't see and that shouldn't yeah. be the reason but it, sure. it it does help to know that it's always kind of there yeah yeah you know. Alex
1: hit the nail on the head I mean Grand King Brewery is a proponent of being involved with the community and they're really focused on being involved with the community and kind of giving back and playing their part yeah and so again this is a perfect fit it's a great tasting crisp beer and the cans a great vibrant color now to that ability to wrap it in a was it vinyl
2: uh it's a plastic sleeve
1: yeah it's a really sweet looking can and i'm sure you can throw a picture of that on your absolutely yeah
0: on your site but you're gonna be putting them in 16 ounces well? no uh v- v- these uh, <laughs> these beers
2: uh are in six packs Okay, um, okay. and they actually ship t- shipped this morning oh th- so really nice they'll hit the market uh early next week and uh those are 12 ounce six packs and uh we uh we may do some other beers with them um Either with just the uh, the organizations of Trout Unlimited or uh, Arizona Wildlife Federation, or a- again, um, my politics isn't like a, a flash in the pan kind of thing. I I'll do anything I can to bring attention to this until it stops. Uh, assuredly, um, that's kind of the point, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so if you know we need to collaborate another beer and you know uh, just kind of push that message and you know make sure that people that that. That just becomes the problem, right? There's so many people in the world, which is like my catchphrase, but there is. There's twice as many people in the world as when I was born, and that's just math. Yeah. Um, So to get real change enacted anymore, you have to get a message out to people that is clear and kind of like lets them know why they should care. And while um, Trouted Limited and Arizona Wildlife uh, Federation are doing a great job in a bunch of different avenues... Uh, you know, uh, we can at least try to help it in the beer community. Um, people t- take something they care about, beer, and in craft beer, that's particularly true. People take their beer very seriously, right? Yeah. And then so you kind of do get this access to a different kind of crowd that may have not been aware before. And homebrewers and people who care about beer alike, water is the building block. Yeah. you know the better a brewery gets the more water profiles it's controlling which you know if there's uranium in there it doesn't matter what you it doesn't matter <laughs> how good your ro system is it might be a niche, right. though it you, might don't be a want, contaminate, you don't want a glowing beer going down your throat right <laughs> no no i mean we made one that looked like that but you don't want it actually glowing right. is that the
0: tommy's lullaby yeah yeah, yeah, we, yeah 12 west
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah 12 west collaboration yeah. uh was insane
0: but, but I think it's cool. I mean, like you said, there's so many pieces that came together. And, and something like this is hard to get together because of all the moving pieces. But the fact that it all came together, it's pretty badass. I mean, it's uh, it's cool that you got a home brewer involved with it, right? Mm-hmm. It's cool that you've got – and there's this bigger purpose behind behind the whole thing. And I think it's cool that you guys chose a Kolsch, right? A, a clean beer that really – it's there's not much room for error. And you really – I think that the, the water is – I don't want to say much more important, but in a way, right, the the water profile is much more important in a Kolsch, right? Oh, for sure. It's
1: just a good, clean-tasting beer. Yeah. It kind of goes hand-in-hand with outdoor recreation, right? If you're doing a rafting trip down the river or going on a big hike, you know, we always like to pack in a six-pack, and uh, having a crisp, light beer like that Kolsch it's just a perfect uh,
0: pyramid, so. That's true. It's awesome. Not taking like a like a triple IPA or you know a <laughs> Russian Imperial Stout. No. That's right.
2: Yeah, I've learned that the hard way over the years. Uh, going down the river uh, the first time, uh, you learned that hammer and IPAs makes it hard to like hike all day yeah. after rafting while you're sitting. And uh, you know, I've done. Working with this company has done nothing but allow me to experience some of nature's greatest, you know, bucket list trips, so I got to do Havasu by Falls as well, and by then I'd already learned, and we packed in um, our Pilsner, and yeah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and uh, this beer, or at least the first pilot batches we were doing for it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, always a great beer to get in tune with nature, just light, clean, um, represents the ingredients that are used in it and not so much adjuncts, which is always kind of special about a beer, you know? I mean, people tend to look down their nose at lighter beers and light lagers in particular, but there's a blend of, you know, like specifically selected hops and, you know, uh, malts of the proper amount of breadiness or, or, or biscuity flavor that really kind of comes together in this nice bouquet of, like, I don't know about you, but without the beer-making process and being good at it, it's hard to take, like, four random ingredients in nature, including water, and make it taste good, much less as just, like, almost as light and carefree as, like, a Kolsch or a Pilsner or something like that. So, yeah. um, I always think, when I think of nature and beer, I really do think white lager. I do think um, just, like, light ale because it's what you're tasting. You're tasting water
0: reborn. Yeah beautiful and if you have patent pending on that last around.
1: one <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, and good clean water on top of that yeah right? yeah
0: exactly uh. uranium free water right yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's right yeah, yeah we
1: don't want any of that
0: yeah no. so so what's the plan with this with this beer like you, are you going to continue to is it going to be one of the staples of grand canyon uh, so there's
2: currently no plans to put this into our stock full time okay um, but again we're just talking about it the day before it launches right um and me and Nathan when we launched the beer we, we sat down and talked about some options that might be viable depending upon um, market performance but and I mean Eric you know this as well as I do new hot rotation it's hard to judge and scale these things and that's why maybe even like a, a seasonal style approach collaboration release with them might be more uh, effective in, 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 in the message in the branding um and I've told you this before, it's absolutely ridiculous for me to try to continue to make delicious beers and uh, bring them to market in a fun, creative way and not give back. It's stupid. It's ridiculous. And I, you know, we say living the dream. And while we secretly wish, you know, uh, we didn't have so much responsibility and we and we gripe about it in a fun way, really we do. And it's, and so... I I think that with these guys, we found great partners with yeah. a great message, a very pointed cause, um, and it hits all my bells. And so I'll, I'll work with them to, to make beer that, that sends a, a good message, as, as long as it makes sense, you know. Um, so, yeah, that's yeah. all I've got to say about that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, how much did we brew this? We did over 8,000 cans, something
0: like that?
2: Yeah, we did uh, 308 cases. Of cans and then another um, like forty sixty kegs, so we did forty barrels total. Um, our brew house is a forty barrel brew house, so we just did a full batch. Um, and it's, um, I guess, it's our mid size brew. We, we there's a smaller brew we do for like the our brewery collaborations, which will come down the road. But okay, uh, yeah. So we brewed. A, I mean, forty barrels is not a small amount of beer, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. And for um, the support we've gotten in the market from retailers and you know other breweries and like them voicing their own support, I mean every bit of it's been allocated and assigned. And like the moment it hits Crescent Crown, Finley and Legacy tomorrow or today, and then tomorrow um, and gets ready to go to market, there's going to be maybe a handful of cases and some draft that won't be going anywhere that will need to be ordered in. But it's just great to kind of have that immediate pull and support. So, you know, if there's, you know, something else we want to get out there, a different way we want to kind of communicate that message, we almost kind of have a plug-and-play system of support, which is nice. And um, and in a market that continues to expand, much like the universe and trying to find your place in it, um, finding your batch size is the most strategic thing I've found in recent <laughs> years. Uh, I played around with it as we grew to scale, uh, which was, I mean, anyone listening has probably seen every mistake I've made in this industry. You're all welcome. They were beautiful. <laughs> uh, glorious. <laughs> they glorious were glorious. <laughs> and y'all got to see it. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, no, we found our batch size. You know, um, this Kolsch will now be the fourth beer that we've done at this batch size for, like, special projects, which is great. Yeah, uh, great for us, great for the message, great for our partners. Right. Yep. Uh, since all the beers we're doing this year and for the next two years are collaboration only, and that may be a trend moving forward. Um, I mean, we'll eventually have to make a beer we didn't collaborate yeah. uh, as a specialty. <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: um, but we have a seasonal program. We have um, kind of like a secondary seasonal program, and we have a, a, a deep stable of year-round beers. Uh, it's it's. It's time to, you know, have fun again. Remind us while we're here, you know, uh, going up and doing a 26-hour brew day with Ryan Winton was not ideal (laughs) uh, at the end of it. But it's incredible. And uh, and being able to do something and represent the hard work we put in, the hard work Nathan and Scott have put in, being able to represent that in something that goes to market uh, and goes in and out, that makes us all be represented well. And uh, you want to represent your partners – well when you're when you're collaborating i mean everyone's helping each other up you don't want to be the shithead who who you know didn't help on the group project right. <laughs> so if yeah. we if we take too much to market if we if we brew it too many times back to back like i said the market isn't built for that anymore but again we like being creative and wild these guys like doing the same thing and kind of moving on our feet so there's definitely a lot of room to play and a lot of and, and, and we'll put out a few more for sure, I imagine. I mean, is as pumped up as I've seen Nathan and stuff. I mean, I know we got at least one more. Right. And probably probably three because I just like naming beers. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, if that, if i just got to keep working hard every day to keep doing that i'm i'm, I'm all right, with right. It. Yeah.
1: who knows maybe a public lands day beer might be the next one in the shoot oh. who knows i mean yeah an, i mean our organizations and i mean as well as grand canyon brewery big advocates for access to public lands yeah. it's all about outdoor recreation your access multiple use so you know this is your American birthright to have yeah. access to these lands and recreate how you see fit or what's interesting to you. So
0: Yeah. Well, and it's interesting too, and this just kind of hit me, was like what, what a genius move for you to implement craft beer because like craft beer and outdoors and the, you know, especially in Arizona, I, I, they go hand in hand, right. you know, so to hit that market, like of all the people who hike and, I mean, if I don't know, I think if you're a hiker, and you drink craft beer, you cannot go on a hike without a craft beer, right? Yeah. (laughs) That's kind of of a thing. I definitely don't. I know. I I, (laughs) I hike
2: Camelback once a week, and uh, I always have uh, an Expeditions wheat can in my my pack for when I make it to the top i just sit there i don't even want to drink it to be honest right. with you. i'm so <laughs> exhausted and yeah, just, yeah. You know, i mean and you're feeling good and healthy and you know yep. you're not all bloated from drinking <laughs> and then yeah. you crack a beer open yeah uh, and start <laughs> drinking at the top but it, there's something so satisfying about it um and then pack
0: it out because that's the right thing to do exactly yep
2: looking at you everyone i have to pick up after
0: yeah <laughs> Yeah. They're usually Bud Lights, though that you have to pick up, right? Those are the ones that yeah. yeah, up. <laughs> it is, geez, it is oddly
2: disturbing when you see what is littered yeah. and like where you know you, you source that back to as far as like a consumer goes. Yeah, it's very telling <laughs> yeah. of, of a lot of things. But yeah, I'm you know the older I get, you know, to your point on public lands, I I grew up in the mountains, and I I guess I took a lot of that for granted. By the time I got older, I didn't not take advantage of it. I, I know how to build a house from the ground up i you know i know how to ride an atv i know how to build a campfire i know i'll do it all i just i don't know grew resentment for it right <laughs> so now that i'm older i love it again you know yeah. coming uh back together with john childhood friend you know doing the brewery that got all that kind of stirred back up and you know access to public lands to enjoy this kind of stuff is important and even further so uh, like it drives me crazy. Like I see litter, and like I'm just that old man, like picking up other people's fucking trash. Yeah, yeah. While I'm out, you know, uh, trying to enjoy my camping trip. But yeah, I I, I don't see people um, necessarily who litter uh, care about the flavor of their beer too much, or uh, <laughs> or what the food that they're eating does to their body. So yeah. I mean, and obviously I'm no paragon of being in shape and eating healthy, but. Uh, I'm not littering ding-dong wrappers like an asshole
0: either, you know, so <laughs> right. there's that. Yeah. <laughs> that needs to go in a shirt right there. <laughs> so, and another thing I think is really cool um, is, like you said, Alex, and, and, and what I know about you is, this is not just like, hey, let's brew this, okay, guys, good luck. It's like, no, you're you're seeing this through, and this with this possibly becoming a, a series for you guys. Yeah, I mean, to, Alex to, has been yeah. really
1: passionate about this project as well, yeah. and this uh this relationship is gonna sprout into something awesome, and uh, you know, kind of doing our part within the community, yeah. getting our voices out there, and uh, being large proponents of the environment and access. So
0: beautiful, beautiful. So it's gonna be in cans. Uh, you said you mentioned something about kegs. Is it gonna be on tap at some places, or is that like just the, at the Grand Canyon tap no, room? No, yeah. uh, Okay. So yeah,
2: it'll be on tap at the tap room, obviously. Okay. Um, but we yeah we send about. Exactly. 48 kegs of it in the market. Okay. Um, and then so those... Um, I mean, the best way to find anything we do, in full honesty, is uh, our find our beer on our website. Okay. There's just a there's a gray button that says find our beer. Works for our spirits as well. Shameless plug. <laughs> um, you click a little radial. You pick whatever product we make that you're looking for. Put in your zip code. And if it's been delivered in the last 60 days... Uh, it shows up on your little map, and you can go pick it up uh, or grab it on draft. Uh, and usually, I think the radial separates it by kegs and package. So if it's on, if it's a keg, it's it's on draft. Um, okay. yeah. <laughs> and if it's package, it's probably in a convenience store. right? And not a convenience store, particularly. What I wanted to happen with this is I wanted some really good partners to show some pretty good support. So a huge shout-out to Bottle Shop 48. Um, Total Wine, uh, always a great partner of local businesses, Total Wine. Um, and like I said, Bottle Shop 48, they both took in, uh, significant commitments on that beer and, and, and were really behind the message as well. Um, so that was awesome, you know, and it just, uh, like, like I said, um, that's the easiest way to find it. Okay. Um, I don't know if you want to take
0: a break here in a minute and I can... We or something we can taste it, it? I mean we got we got to taste it right oh, I mean yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. I brought some well Nathan brought some because I text him because I I don't
0: get mine until tomorrow okay <laughs> oh, dude really oh, well, it's, ha- it's on the <laughs> truck and you know Williams is far away yeah, so. it's true yeah let's 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 crack one open and then we'll come back and yeah. uh, talk All about right. it well, Thanks, okay so we just tasted the uh, conservation Kolsch fantastic beer yeah it's awesome right? we were
2: just quite, t- quite delightful
0: yes cheers gentlemen <laughs> Yes, Jeff Cheers. Skaggs, right? Is it Skags or Scrags? Jeff Skaggs, right? I believe it's Skaggs. Skaggs. With, uh Two A's,
2: three G's, 15 K's. <laughs> I don't know. There's <laughs> yeah. two of something
0: in there. I, I think th- it's two G's. Doesn't matter. Um, Jeff, nice work. Yeah, so,
2: yeah. Uh, you know, so me working with Ash goes back to um, the director of the Brewers Guild, Rob Fulmer, back when he was the president of Ash. Um Homebrew has always kind of been in our roots, man. You know, I was deep in the green as um, something that's been on my brain for years. The first couple bathtub fermentations I had, had that beer's final pro- you know, f- final product in mind. Um, Josh is tremendously uh, homebrew-rooted. Um, so always try to work as much as we can with Ash. And so yeah. when they asked us if we would scale up a beer as a competition kind of deal, Um, I wanted to do that. As far as I'm aware, that's not something new. They do that quite a bit. But I wanted to kind of bring a little more attention to it, kind of celebrate it a little more. Um, Homebrewers don't get access to production equipment all the time, you know, And, and a lot of times homebrewers are like, man, I'd like to go be a brewer. And just like job shadowing, uh, sometimes you learn if it's really what you do want or what it's or if <laughs> it's, it's not, you know. So, yeah. just it's cool to be involved with these guys and, and and give them advice and and a lot of them, like Matt and Greg, are you know brewery owners that are very successful now. Um, you know John and Pat, Ryan, uh, you know of a dark sky, and uh, all of us really. And uh, so, wanted um, to do that. Wanted. Josh has been wanting to do a pro-am for the great American beer festival for a while now. And, um, it just all kind of came together with this project. Like I had said before, um, Jeff was great to work with an incredible individual. Uh, we, we last spoke with him. I mean, we were supposed to go to the great American beer festival. We weren't able to do that. I'd like to do more stuff with Jeff in the future if he wants or, and more primarily ash specifically. Um, and, uh, we're just we're always down to 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 work with the home brewers, but Jeff was uh, was a delight to have the breweries like kid in a candy store, man, and, oh, and, and, and 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 we like to let people get their hands on it, man. We don't we're not just like hey, stand over there and watch us brew beer, <laughs> right, right, you know, like there's work to do, yeah. Put on boots,
0: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the taste of this beer too. So like uh, Jenna from uh, Bri had said that. Um, before we even started this, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm here to, you know, we're going to talk about the, she's like, was that the blue can that was in the cooler? I'm like, yeah. She's like, it was great. And, and the way she described it was, she's like, it's not too biscuity, right? Because sometimes the kosher's are super biscuity. In the flavor. That was a big-ass gulp Alex just took that. <laughs> that was good. Man, like got to tr-
2: call the homie out. <laughs> but, I mean,
0: that's a standard drink. That was good, though, man. That was impressive. <laughs> that was like a trout-style drink right there.
2: Uh- <laughs> thirsty. It's uh, living in the desert.
0: Dude, this is one of the best koshas I've had. This thing is fantastic, right? Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, super drinkable. It's a 4.8%, so so it's not a, it's not weak. You know, it's still got, got some punch to it. And,
2: man. Yeah, um... I mean, I guess more shameless plugging, but uh, so this will make sense in a second. So brewing to scale comes with challenges, right? Um, when you move from a 15-barrel brewery to a 40-barrel brew house, you don't just be like 1.2 times carry the three. That's not how it works. Scaling beer is ridiculous as shit, right? Yeah. Um, and so, uh, so does other challenges, not just brewing, not just avoiding DMS or diacetyl. Um, you know, your fermentation. Um, so, our filtering process, um, we bought a new filter. Uh, it didn't work, and it would have cost as much to fix it to buy a new one, and we didn't have money for either. Yeah. <laughs> so, we had just been using our 15-barrel fermenter or 15-barrel filter on our 100 bar- 120-barrel tanks. takes 72 hours. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just getting too much oxygen in the beer, you uh, you know, and our canner wasn't doing us any good. That canner actually caused an infection in our brewery, which caused a recall last year, which was fucking disaster. Ah oh, man. But uh, we got through it all, recalled the majority of that beer uh, as we could find it. And then, um, you know, sometimes it just, you they can't, you lose track of it somewhere and, you know, uh, it's unfortunate. But we cut that canner out, put a brand new one in, and then the filtration, we installed a centrifuge. Uh, for a brewery our size to have one is pretty ridiculous, but, um, filtering out like that just wasn't working and we're not buying a new filter. We were always headed to a centrifuge. So just pulling the trigger on it early. This is probably the third beer run through that centrifuge. Um, so, you know, our Pilsner and our Amber have always been clean and great. Uh, but now they're ridiculous and they finish soft and, 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 and delicate just like this does. Right. Um, so added quality control to our brewery has helped the quality of this beer for sure. Yeah, um, beautiful. Yeah, it's it's part of that. And it's it's something I've discussed with you and anybody else in the industry who I always talk with. You know, uh, getting caught with your pants down, not paying attention to quality the way you should kind of caught us off guard. Um, completely rededicated to that this year and moving forward. And just glad to be able to work with dudes like Jeff and put out clean ass beers like this now and just know and have perfect confidence that we're not picking up oxygen and so you can really just enjoy this it just it's nice and it's it tastes the way it was brewed which is a weird thing i guess to hear unless you're familiar with the brew process and when you brew something and it comes out the way you brewed it that's the best right uh so we were having some problems in the intermediary which we fixed uh Thanks for sticking through it with us, everyone. <laughs> uh, but so now, so so now we're able to just hammer out awesome, clean beers like this, and that's why, again, when we talked about this project, when we talked about what we wanted to do, a light, clean beer was the way to go. Brand new centrifuge, um, wanting to represent, you know, the 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 start of the show. Water, the cans blue, in like three different shades. It's all intentional um, for the message, which is. Keep your radioactive waste out of my water. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't want is it. Is that a hashtag? <laughs> a hashtag? Yeah, like
2: no. stop mining uh, radioactivity in my water. <laughs> right. But catchier or something. <laughs> I don't know. There's a guy that comes up with hashtags for me. Where is he? <laughs> I'm sure there'll be a picture on uh, your website,
1: right? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. an awesome looking can, and is. Uh, again, kind of brings showcases the importance of water. Yeah. And there's a great write up on the back of it that talks about. Uh, you know, the sensitive region up in northern Arizona. And then, if you want to learn more about it or get involved, uh, protectyourcanyon.org um, is a place where you can sign a petition. You know, we've gone back and met with Secretary Ryan Zinke back in Washington. We've met with the National Parks and, uh, you know, BLM and all those guys. And, you know, they've heard our voice, you know. And we had a lot of, we have over 250 businesses that have signed our petition and over 2,500 individual supporters. So, I mean, With the help of Grand Canyon Brewery, we're doing a great job of getting this issue out in front of people and kind of telling them that it's just no good for Arizona from any standpoint, from environmental, economical, or, you know, just a good idea in general. It's uh, not the way to go.
0: Right, right. A good beer is a much better way to take this.
1: Yep, that's right. (laughs) For sure. That's right.
0: (laughs) Well, dudes, thanks for joining me. This has been awesome. Um, You said protectyourcanyon.org people can do more if you want to add more to this cause go to that website that's right yeah you can
1: check it out there's tons of information on there you know uh if you're looking for details about the economics of uranium mining or what's happened in the past that site's just a good resource to learn more about it um and then we still have our online running petition if you want to sign it every uh online petition that you sign goes to secretary ryan zinke um who's kind of he's the you know
2: he's secretary of the interior right yep former senator from montana that's right Okay. so
1: yeah. <clears throat> he's the guy that's kind of heading this effort if it you know he's pushing it to get rid of this withdrawal so we're just making sure that we steer away from that yeah with him so and he's realizing that Arizonans care about this they care about clean access to public lands and that this is the seven wonders of the world and it's in our backyard and you can't take it away from us so everyone's uh, voicing up for a good cause and we appreciate the help from everyone from Grand Canyon Brewery, from, you know, your podcast, helping us get this message out. It's yeah. a great, uh, great initiative.
0: Absolutely, man. You guys are doing good stuff. Sweet, it up. Thanks, man. For sure. For sure it is. And then I'll
2: just throw one last thing in, unless you had something else. Is, no. Um, with stuff like this, I mean, it's easy to feel impassioned and to want to do something and to want to act. And, I mean, the, the good news is, is that you can. Uh, the bad news is, is no one ever does. So, uh, if you feel impassioned about uh, theprotectyourcanyon dot org, you can also always write your congressman. It's oddly effective. Uh, I've been working with the Government Affairs Committee and uh, in, I guess, inside with the government for a while and kind of understand how it works. But I'll tell you that aides of congressmen will always tell you that writing, writing, and calling your congressman work.
0: I've heard that. So, I've heard that recently, quite a few times, actually. Yeah, and actually, yeah. remember where I
2: said there's a lot more of us than there used to be. Yeah. Uh, well, less of us right in now. So, if, again, if we just did it more often, it, it's hard for someone to get reelected when there's a loud, represented, voice about something in their in their point of view, right? If you're if you're mad about something and it's you and five dudes just yelling about it in a bar all the time, that's fine but it's never going to get to the senator's desk. If you and those five dudes talk to other people about it, uh, or those five guys write their senator, it becomes something that gets in front of his face, right? Uh, so just a bit of friendly advice uh, from your local amateur politician. But <laughs> uh, it, it, it works, and it's, it really is a good cause, and it doesn't take very long uh, to just do a quick search and have the email uh, that goes to your congressman's office uh, in front of you or you can call me with a voicemail. It's not complicated. It's a good cause, and, you know, just like the horror of Flint, Michigan, people will die from drinking contaminated water uh, at the end of the day, and I don't want to be the doomsday guy. Um, but, you know, we've already seen what's happened in Navajo County, and I just want to see that again.
0: So. That's a good way to put it into perspective, yeah. too. Yeah,
2: I mean, Alex absolutely. is right.
1: It's, these congressional reps of Arizona don't get elected with very many votes because we have more people but less people are voting. So yeah. it really goes a long way when you call them or contact them or write them a letter. They listen because they realize that it only, you know, took 400 people to get them into office. Yeah. And, uh, and especially if uh, you can band together and create a little bit of noise, it goes a long way. And uh, it's easy, really easy to go online and find which congressional rep is in your district or represents your district
0: and start building that relationship Can I relationship send you a link that you can put up with this episode, Eric? Absolutely, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, Absolutely. Any links that you guys have, send them to me. I'll put them all in the show notes. Yeah, I have a, I have yeah. a
2: link for that. It's how I uh, reach out
0: every election cycle. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep, good idea to get involved. <laughs> this is Alex's uh, Black Web uh, email uh, website. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's Alex's uh, back back web uh politic hacks <laughs> right. no, no big deal yeah you guys you guys will not be disappointed yeah <laughs> beautiful guys this is this is great you guys are both passionate about this this, this is awesome um i love it i love it and Good. great beer too thanks we yeah. appreciate it it's yeah. awesome
2: That's great thanks for having me absolutely taxation theft. you know how yeah <laughs> later dude
0: Hey guys, thanks for listening. Check out more about this initiative at protectyourcanyon.org. As always, thanks for your support. If you enjoy listening to the podcast, please post a rating and review on iTunes. This really helps to get the show more exposure, thus getting more exposure for Arizona beer. Always remember, stay awesome.